1: everything will change after you listen to this geek history lesson on the lord of the rings the rings of power because your geek history lesson is now in session Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I'm Jason
2: Alakabeth Inman. You will understand that reference if you listen to this podcast. Maybe. Welcome to Geek <laughs> History Lesson. This is the Mind University, the podcast where we take you through one thing of pop culture and teach you everything you need to know about it in a little bit less than an hour. And today we are covering a brand new Amazon Prime television show. This is fascinating, Ashley. I'm so excited about this because, as we know, this has never been made into anything live action ever before. These novels have been lauded forever. They have never been adapted into an animated movie. They have never been adapted into an Oscar winning six movie series. It, this is like this is brand new territory for Amazon Prime. What are we talking about
1: today? You're joking, but like I'm sweating. I'm very. Ner- <laughs> this is the most nervous I've been to teach a geek history lesson since like year one. What's this? Game oh, this game okay. about? This is about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power.
2: Yes, which is the Amazon Prime series that is hitting our screens on that streaming service very soon. Exactly. Correct? Yes, and what is this lesson gonna? I mean, you're not gonna tell us everything's gonna happen to the TV show because that would be impossible for you to know.
1: Also, because they've invented a bunch of characters, so I simply could not. Well, you
2: might if you're a wizard. You're Will wizard.
1: wizard show up in the show? Maybe.
2: I think the answer is probably.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Oh, we are?
2: Okay, cool. All right, cool.
1: So this is like kind of like last week's House of the Dragon. This is more of a primer. This mm-hmm. is more of like vibes. What is going on in the world? A lot of this is pulled from the events of the Silmarillion and the untold, Unfinished Tales, stuff like that. The perfect
2: way to think about this episode is that Ashley is going to tell you about like the alternator, the battery, the radiator. So with it, when you open up the hood of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, too many rings in that title. You will uh, you will recognize the pieces and maybe yes. sort of understand a little how, of the context. how they all fit together and make the show go. Is there any chance that we've done Lord of the Rings episodes before? Is there any chance this was suggested by
1: a listener? It was. It was requested by at Peace Katoy. Why like can't a, you just use your name? Sounds a, like a Lord of the Rings username. character. Use your name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but thank you for requesting Lord of the Rings content. That is what we are here chatting about today. Tolkien stuff. So we do have a TA, so let's go right into the Tencent Origin.
2: Well, you just said the TA's name, correct?
1: Yeah. So now right. we're going to do the ten cent yeah, origin. Okay, cool. Just, What's the ten cent origin? I have Tencent Tencent just origin? never heard you phrase
2: <laughs> in like four hundred like twenty eight some episodes. I, now. No,
1: I'm like fully nervous doing this. today. Oh, okay. I was like, I have never
2: heard us phrase it that way in over four hundred episodes. <laughs> Crushing it. So I was very thrown off by that, but I won't be thrown off by the ten cent origin, everybody, right. because that is where Ashley is going to give you the cliff notes version of everything you need to know about. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Pa- what is, is the name
1: of the show? The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Rings of Power. It's a bad
2: title. I'm sorry. I'm excited for this show. Bad title.
1: Yeah. In the LOTR tradition of abbreviating titles to FOTR, TTT, and ROTK, I'm assuming that this will be known as ROP very soon. ROP. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, all right, Ashley, we'll give you everything you need to know about Rob.
1: There you go. Okay. Lord of the Rings, colon, The Rings, Bower is an Amazon video, Amazon Prime, Amazon Studios, television streaming, action, adventure, drama, fantasy show ah. based on The Lord of the Rings and Appendices by J.R.R. Tolkien. And it was produced and developed by J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, who are also the showrunners. What? I also want to shout out the composers of this because the theme is being composed by Howard Shore Mm -hmm. who also composed the movie Scores and The Hobbit and The Hobbit and the series composition is done by Bear McCreary another favorite of us here on the podcast very famous for Battlestar Galactica yes It is set several thousand years before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. It is based on Tolkien's histories of Middle-earth and focuses on the events of the Second Age, the forging of the Rings of Power, the rise of Sauron, and the fall of the kingdom of Numenor. Some of these things we have seen teased or in very brief representations in the rings in the Lord of the Rings films. Some of them are completely new events, and the cast includes Cynthia Adai Robinson, Robert Aramayo, Owen Arthur, Maxim Baldry, and more. Every English actor that you've ever heard of is in this show. It feels like, <laughs> including some who I think might be cameoing from the Lord of the Rings. And it debuts on Amazon Prime on September 2nd, 2022. Even though it's only currently announced as being one season, I bet it was greenlit for two because that's how streaming usually works. That is correct. And that is your 10 cent origin of The Rings of Power.
2: Awesome. Let's move into the, well, are we doing a meet cute on this one since the show hasn't even premiered yet at the time of this recording? You know,
1: the show hasn't premiered yet. You haven't read The Silmarillion or. (laughs) And I never will. Or or a lot of the appendices. (laughs) (laughs) So, I kind of thought... I'm just not going
2: to do it. I'm sorry. I
1: kind of thought...
2: I've read The Lord of the Rings.
1: Yes, you have. And The Hobbit. Yes. I kind (laughs) of thought, like, House of the Dragon, maybe we could talk about some of our hopes and our dreams and our expectations, or maybe our thoughts when this was first announced. Okay, sure. I'm
2: fine with that. So, I am of the opinion... Anton
1: Braga is fully eating while we are recording the podcast.
2: I am of the feeling that I kind of think Lord of the Rings is adaptable into a television show. I Mm -hmm. do think there is a lot of material that you could follow up. There is the expectation of how do you match this to the power of these very iconic trilogies. And that is the big expectation of it. But I am excited for this show. I'm looking forward to this show. They have a high bar to clear. Incredibly
1: high bar, like 13 Oscar award winning series 11 for a single film like the most awarded film of all time and
2: as everybody knows when you adapt something that is lauded the mandalorian had the same problem Mm -hmm. people expect it to be a certain tone and a certain quality and if it's not if it's any different the fans are gonna riot now i am not one of those fans i'm willing to see i think this world is very large i think this world is very big i think there's a lot of room for different stuff in lord of the Rings. I am cautiously excited for this movie.
1: Cautiously optimistic? Or,
2: yes. How about you? Now, Ashley, as listeners know, you are the hardcore Lord of the Rings L-O-T-R nut here. You are truly a hobbit. You are, Ashley is really a hobbit, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, I stole mm-hmm. her from Middle Earth, and I brought her over on the mm-hmm. ship. When they went to the Grey Havens, see, the Grey Havens was actually North America. Canada, specifically.
1: The Grey Havens is in London.
2: We're going to talk about that later. Anyways, so, Ashley... I will tell you has been also cautious the entire time. Ashley, what did you think when you first heard about this? What was your initial reaction?
1: No, thank you. That's what I I figured it was. No, thank you. I, I worry about closed loop stories in long form adaptation as, as a rule. Mm -hmm. I really want to be optimistic and I really want to be open to this, but I've had the hardest time engaging in a detached Way from all of the material that's come out, mm-hmm. it's not set when I would have set a show. Mm-hmm. It's not exploring characters I would have explored in a show. I think it's a very short lead time up into the events we have already seen in this world. I think it is not of like
2: two thousand years.
1: Yes. However, I know, I know. 2000. <laughs> but these are all characters. A lot of these characters we have already seen. Sure. In we have seen the end of a again, lot of these I, characters. It's so
2: interesting that we're doing this episode right after yes. House of the Dragon because again, House of the Dragon has a
1: 200 year lead time. Uh, 183. Years. 183. This is 2,000 years. But this is also this is the problem with prequels, right? And we saw the Hobbit run into this. I know this is a different team from the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. This is going to be nothing but references to the Lord of the Rings.
2: And The Hobbit is 60 years before the Lord yes. of the Rings. Yes. Okay, interesting.
1: And, and that's what I fear this show is going to be. I really want to be able to engage with it and meet it where it is mm-hmm. and see what is good and bad about it. But I think I would have been more enthused if it was the first stage because it's more separate. Mm-hmm. But prove me wrong. Sure. Prove me wrong, Amazon Studios. Mm -hmm. I would love nothing more. I'm trying to go into it with an open mind, but like in full transparency, like I have struggled with the idea of the show since it was announced. Sure. So. With that in mind, I think it's time the for history, the History 101. 101. The main meat of the lesson. Served by hobbits sometimes. <laughs> served by hobbits sometimes.
2: And maybe sometimes the meat is hobbits.
1: That's true. Okay. So we are going to dive deep into all things Tolkien and Middle-earth. Deep into minoroses surrounding them in this conversation. But not
2: deep into the minds of Moria. There are things there you know that what? should not be disturbed.
1: High key, we are oh, that's going true. to get to We saw to a that. trailer. We saw a
2: trailer and yeah. then we're going to see the uh, battle, it, battle It is. Role. It
1: is... Uh, it is actually we're going to use its proper name because of doom and Ooh. if you want more rabbit holes like this conversation i just want to like encourage you to check out this week's geek history lesson extra over on the patreon we're going to get even deeper into my specific feelings about lord of the rings we're
2: specifically into to do what would ashley's robbins ashley victoria robinson's lord of the rings tv show be so if you want to hear her pitch yeah this is going to be fascinating uh,
1: you'll probably understand why i'm not a showrunner yep. if you listen to that show It'll be fun. I'll be swearing over there. Should
2: I give you executive notes while you do that? That's Please funny. do, in okay, fact. that'll be fun.
1: And if you want to hear other people's neuroses, we have like three extra bonus podcasts over there. We have videos. We have Jason and Jeremy John about Justice League, where they are their neuroses about superheroes. We have scripts. We have bonus art. We have a ton of fun.
2: Patreon exclusive Discord. Uh,
1: access to our Discord, which is rife with Lord of the Rings content constantly. So just check that out. Patreon.com slash Thank you to everybody who supports us over there. And yeah, climb down climb down that rabbit hole with mm-hmm. us. Okay. So the Rings of Power. I want to start by explaining to everyone what the rings of power are. Okay. There's a very famous poem. We all know it from the beginning of the Lord of the Rings. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark Lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them, all and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. That is what the rings of power are. Mm -hmm. So
2: that is what the titled rings are.
1: That is what the title rings are. There are in Lord of the Rings Middle Earth mythology. There are several lesser rings which are referenced by Celebrimbor and Gandalf and some of the other characters. We never, ever see them again. So that might have been something that Tolkien planted and meant to come back to and never did. Or it might be something that he was like, you know what? It's cool enough that you just know that there's more stuff out there. All total, there are twenty magical rings in Middle Earth. That's a lot. It is a lot, including the One Ring of Power, okay. and they are all wielded by incredibly powerful characters. Okay, they were. I'm
2: tracking this so far. Rings they of were Power held by powerful Created
1: by an Elven smith named Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor is going to be in the Rings of Power. He's played oh. by Charles Edward. Charles Edward. And they were forged by him and his good buddy Anatar. Anatar. Jason, do you recognize the name Anatar by any chance? If I, From me screaming about this. If
2: I remember, if I remember this correctly, mm-hmm. Anatar is going to become Sauron.
1: Yes, Anatar is young, sexy Sauron, and uh, it's really important for you to know when you meet something like Lord of the Rings that J.R.R. Tolkien was a Catholic, and so that has a big effect. It's not a Christian allegory the way his friend C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia are, uh-huh. but Anatar is literally meant to be a representation of Lucifer. So he's ah. beautiful, he's blonde, he's capable, he's, and he's popular, and he's he falls fall. from grace. And he learns how to forge these magical rings from his buddy, Celebrimbor. Which
2: is how he's able to, for- to form the evil ring that later on. exactly yeah. it.
1: So he, oh, interesting. he watches Celebrimbor forge three rings. They are called Nenya, Narya, and Vilya. Okay. Nenya goes to Galadriel.
2: Who is Galadriel?
1: Galadriel is the queen of Lothlorien. She is the lead of this show. And we saw Kate Blanchett play her in the movies. I knew
2: who she was, listeners. I was just asking for you.
1: Naria. Keep
2: it secret. Keep it safe.
1: <laughs> Narya goes to Celebrimbor and Vilia goes to Gilgalad. Okay. Who are both other characters? Who's Gilgalad? Gilgalad is another elf king. Okay. Uh, he is a character in the show as well who we will see. So, so based on this information you've told me so far. Yes.
2: Uh, one would assume yes. that we're going to probably meet everybody that gets one of these rings. We in are. Show. They
1: are all They are all in this show. Okay, cool. I'm not going to break down all seven of them for you, but I'm just going to let you That's know fine. the elf rings specifically. Eventually, Vilya goes to Gandalf and Vilya goes to Elrond. Elrond is also a character in the show, but it's young Elrond, so he doesn't get the ring until after Galactite. Young, dies. sexy Elrond. I mean, Robert Armio's good-looking, so sure. Um, Mm -hmm. You may know him who's playing Elrond from playing the young Ned Stark in the Tower of Joy episode of Game of Thrones. So after that, Anatar gets involved in forging the ring. So he helps forge the seven rings for the dwarves and the nine for the humans. And he specifically puts a lot of malice and dark magic into the rings for the human kings the human kings eventually are transformed into the ring wraiths the power of their ring is tied to his one ring which is why he can control them when they become the nazgûl okay, later need, on okay okay
2: Ooh, who put the malice in there Anatar Okay, thank you. Why why did Celebrimbor just let Anatar do this? He
1: didn't know any better. He didn't know that Anatar was evil. He didn't know that Anatar was doing anything except helping him.
2: Because so, in front of Calabrinbor, mm-hmm. this youngin, Anatar, yeah, put evil magic into rings uh, right in front of I him. I
1: mean, I can't tell. I don't know if Caliburnbor was like all up in his business, but yes, they were working together rings were... forging rings. Yes, okay. Okay. Yes. 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 So yes. he did
2: not make these rings in secret. He made these with Caliburnbor. Yes. But he... Caliburnbor didn't know that like the the pot had been spoiled.
1: That's right. Okay. He only forged the one ring of power without Celebrimbor. Mm-hmm. And he uses his magic and also because humans are more susceptible, they have the least amount of magic mm-hmm. uh, to get them in his thrall.
2: There's a question for you yes. I have that I don't I don't really understand. Why who who entrusted Celebrimbor to make all these rings for all these people?
1: Oh, Celebrimbor is like the best elven smith that's ever smith.
2: So he's just like I'm going to give rings out to people. Basically, that's it. That's the only explanation. Just like,
1: I'm going to give him rings. I he's, like, he's, kind like, he's of. like
2: Oprah with cars. He's like,
1: rings. If you want to, I mean, look, you're asking too much of like a fantasy series no, written at fair. the beginning of the 20th century. And it's a fairy tale. Um, and it's a fairy but tale. But also, they're using these rings because elves, ha- they, they don't have magic the way a wizard has magic, right? They have magic in the sense that like they're, they can make beautiful music and they live a long time on their great warriors. And having these rings, kind of like having a magic wand, allows you to channel your abilities and gives you greater access. So they're given to the three great leaders of the elves and then it's like, well, then why not the dwarves? And then mm-hmm. why not the humans? But also, yes, it's a fairy tale. There's magic rings. Don't think about it too okay. much. And I will tell you that Celebrimbor was warned by Galadriel and Elrond and Gilgalad. They were like, We don't know about this Anatar guy. Oh, really? He seems a touch sus. And Celebrimbor is like, I think this is going to be fine. He definitely won't murder me.
2: I get the feeling that Celebrimbor was just like, Look, I got so many rings to make. <laughs> I am sweating here. I've got to hire some help, okay? Too many
1: rings. Yes.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> takes me hours to make one of these things.
1: Hours. Those that's like my incredibly <laughs> compressed version of like, th- those are what the rings of power are. This
2: is going to be a long episode. isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they do get passed on down the line. Almost every single one of them, except the three elf rings are lost by the time Lord of the Rings happens.
2: 2000 we, years later. We
1: just don't know what happens okay. to them.
2: All right. So now um, I'm
1: going to tell you about the second age, which is when this is set. Oh boy. So, Arda, right? It's a planet.
2: On. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. What?
1: <laughs> so there's a planet. It's called Arda, A R D A.
2: Okay, where is this planet?
1: In space.
2: <laughs> is this the planet that Middle Earth is?
1: Yes. Okay. On- so
2: Middle Earth is actually called Arda.
1: On. No, it's called Middle Earth. It's a continent.
2: On Arda. On Arda. What are the continents on Arda? Ar- 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 Ar-
1: Valinor. Where- where's that place? It's West. So Arda, right? It's a planet. <laughs> I, I know you told me three times now. <laughs> On this planet. It's not a planet. I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy planet. Just bend your disbelief. You've read Dune. <laughs> uh,
2: that's true. That's true. All right. Fair point.
1: <laughs> On Arda, there is a continent called Valinor. Got it. Valinor is where the Valar, who for all intents and purposes are the gods, all right, live. Mm-hmm. So, event. So, the first age of Middle-earth, or of Arda, more accurately. Think of it like Genesis. There's all of these gods, and they're, like, making music together, and eluvatar the head creator, is like, this music pleases me.
2: I know, Phil Collins pleases me as well.
1: No, that is, like, straight up, this is, like, the whole first chapter of the Silmarillion. Only fit
2: people over 50 years old will understand that joke.
1: Yeah. But then they're making music, right? And then there's, like... Yeah, Phil Collins, then does there's, it lots of times. there's, like, a bad note, and he's like, this music doesn't please me. And... <laughs> The bad note is made by Morgoth, who is the first Dark Lord. So, eventually, the Valar are like, hmm, the Valinor are like, what if we went to Middle Earth? You know what? Scratch that. Only some of us want to go to, like, this next continent over. We're going to send some little people, because they have little populations of people who are basically the elves, and they ship them over to Middle Earth, and they colonize Middle Earth. Okay. And when they get there, there's... uh, there's other people there too or there's other people who kind of show up like there's humans and dwarves and stuff so the first age is like setting the foundation if you're into game of thrones it's the age of heroes it's a lot of epic tales and building of kingdoms and great romances and it's the thing that all the songs are written about that happens it's a couple thousand years long and then the second age of middle earth happens the second age of middle earth is the beginning of the human race kind of coming into power and them Finding a balance and a harmony with the elves. It lasts for 3441 years. And the events specifically that the Rings of Power is going to address, based on the trailers and the interviews and stuff, is about a 300 year period of history. Okay. And it begins with the forging of the rings and it ends with the last alliance of men and elves coming together to defeat Sauron, as we see in the beginning of the Lord of the Rings trilogy so, of movies. So the end
2: of the second age is that giant battle that we see basically with Sauron's death.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. What
2: what ends the first age? if may I may ask?
1: That's a great question. I don't know the answer. Oh, that's to. fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know
2: if there was like, what was the signifier of that?
1: Too. Uh, Typically, it's like the I'm, fall of Gondolin and the rise of darkness. I'm certain
2: somebody out there is screaming at us. It's fine. I was Actually, I did not think I was going to be able to ask you a question that you wouldn't know the answer to. <laughs>
1: well, well, I prepped for the second age of Middle-earth, not for the well, first Well, we'll
2: stay age. in the second age. Who cares about the first age? Uh,
1: there you go. Some important things that happen in the second age of Middle-earth is Rivendell is founded, the great elven refuge Rivendell. It is founded by okay. Alorond. It is specifically built in order to have a place to plan how to take Sauron down and protect the elf army. Really?
2: Yes, it is. That's the only reason that town is founded.
1: That's the, it's not a town. What really. is it? It's a refuge. Okay. Like it's, like it's like a mountain fortress. It's like three buildings. Okay. Yeah, 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 Doesn't
2: yeah. look like three buildings in the movie I saw.
1: I know, but it's not, it's not a town, right? Okay. Like there's not like all the people who live in Rivendell, like live in the same building.
2: It's basically Elrond's house.
1: It's his fortress. Yeah, it. yeah, right. yeah. It, it's closer to Helm's Deep than it is to Edoras, okay. for, for example. So if you're like playing along at home and you're wondering, so Second Age Middle-Earth, 3,441 years long, 1,600 years into the Second Age is when they start forging the Rings of Power.
2: Okay. So about the midpoint.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and so that's
2: around when the show is going to be set. Exactly.
1: I'm not certain if we're going to deal a lot with the founding, the forging of the Great Rings outside of... Like a, a quick sequence. I don't know if it's going to be much past the pilot because there's a lot of human characters who will not be alive for another uh, two thousand years or so. Who are main characters of the show?
2: Well, and then there's also the interesting thing, which I mean, we we know that what's his name? What's pretty Sauron, sexy Sauron's name?
1: Anatar.
2: <laughs> Anatar. We know Anatar is around, but in the trailer they say Sauron. They do, which. Which, which, oh, which mixed on. again, I which puts it
1: in a very short, like 60 year period, if that's the case.
2: Yes. And I am, I am a very, I'm a Lord of the Rings layman. And even I was like,
1: Ah, Sauron in this period of time,
2: <laughs> you know, like, yeah, again, but well, we they have, also
1: have a character saying it to another character who are not canon characters. So, so you know, it's a TV show that can do it. We're, we're, we're
2: 1600 years before Lord of the Rings.
1: No, we are 1600 years into. The second age of Middle but Earth. But
2: the third age of Middle is like 3,000, so we're about 1,500 years from Lord of the Rings.
1: Uh, ish, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're careful. About to, you're, we're about 2,000 2, years from, about from to, Lord of the I'm Rings. I'm about to leave this planet. We're about 2,000 years <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. The other thing I want to mention that's really important about the second age is the second age sees the rise and fall of the kingdom of Numenor. Jason, I know you know the name Numenor. I know you knew it before we did the show, but did you know that Numenor is basically... Learn
2: more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So, Numenor is the Lord of the Rings version of Atlantis, but does that mean that Numenor is going to fall into the ocean?
1: Yes. That's oh, literally what happens. It is. is it an island? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yay! Okay, so,
2: Middle Earth... Why, why is Numenor important, by the way? We should just probably clarify that real
1: quick. Numenor is the first great kingdom of humans.
2: Because we can't assume anybody knows what we're talking about here.
1: And the Numenorians come over to Middle-earth, shock. They found a race of men in the north, and Arnor, and the descendants of them are known as the Dunedain. You might know that. Aragorn is the last of the Dunedain. Aragorn,
2: Aragorn is a Numenorian, a Dúnedain. And
1: then, during the second age of Middle-earth, Isildur and his brother head south and found the kingdom of Gondor. Okay. So that's why Numenor is very important. The direct the line of Numenor goes all the way through to the return of so the So they king. all come from Atlantis. They all come from Atlantis. So, you... If you can imagine a map of Middle Earth, a really rough one in your brain, you know the part of it that sticks out into the ocean? Like to the to the west of it, it's all ocean, right? Uh-huh. And then the east is just like, we don't really know what happens past the edge of this map. In the ocean, there's an island. The island is called Numenor. And that is where in the trailers, if you're familiar with the trailers, you see the ship that's coming into the bay and it's a great kingdom and there's that statues that is numenor yeah that's the great bay of numenor
2: can i ask you to make a prediction about this yes do you where, where do you think we see the fall of numenor in this season
1: based on how old the appears to be it should be at the end of season one
2: so okay so you think that you're if based on your prediction again we've not seen the show we yep. haven't seen any part of the show at this point you might be like that would be a good season one finale is this this city going Psh, kush,
1: yes i would say so okay. um Again, to make the Game of Thrones comparison, think it's not quite Old Valeria, but it's more like that. So that's how the humans they come over and they sort of conquer their kingdoms in Middle Earth. Okay. Uh, they leave Numenor. So Numenor is this great kingdom. It is a waterbound kingdom. It's a little more like Lake Town from the Hobbit trilogy than it is like Minas Tirith, even though they directly go on to obviously found the kingdom of Minas Tirith. It is equidistant between Middle-earth and Valinor. It's about as far as you can go and still be considered in Middle-earth and not be crossing into Valinor, into the, you know, uh, into the West, as they say. It's Um, Hawaii. Kind of, yeah.
2: If if, if North America is Middle-earth,
1: Yeah, and, and, and Japan and is Asia, Japan. And Japan yeah. Is, yeah. is
2: Valinor, yeah. then Hawaii yeah, is, is, Val- is uh, Numenor. Is
1: Numenor, exactly. Interesting. And the Dunedain were led to this island by Arendil. You may recognize my bad pronunciation from the Galadriel quote, our most beloved star. Mm-hmm. So the light that Galadriel gives to Frodo to light his way is from the star that led the humans to Numenor. They fo- You know, Christian Bethlehem star. Right. They followed it. They found this island it's super great we love it they build up this great kingdom there they reign there for a really long time and then as always happens bad seeds are sown bad dudes show up and elendil who you might know from the end of the beginning of the fellowship of the ring he's the old king who uh, sauron backhands and kills and his helmet falls off okay he's the last king of Numenor, because Numenor is like crumbling internally, and it's also falling into the sea. So he survives the fall of Numenor. Yeah, he does. So him, he comes to Middle Earth. He does. How long do the Numenorians live? The Numenorians are so he he's not the first king of Numenor. He's mm. the last king. There are kings before. I him. get that, but like if man he if two hundred years they are long lived. They're direct. So,
2: but I thought we had sixteen hundred years and fifteen hundred years until Lord of the Rings or until no no, no no no
1: no this. This happens like 60 years before Lord of the Rings. What does? Valinor going down? Numenor going down. Really? I thought
2: we were in the middle of the time period, the second age here.
1: No. The the middle of the second age is when they start forging the rings.
2: Okay. So Valinor falling away happens post-rings. Numenor. Sorry.
1: Happens. There's
2: so many names of fake (laughs) fake places.
1: Happens. Yeah. Post the rings being made. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. All right. So is falling into the sea Elendil looks to his two adult sons one of whom is Isildur mm-hmm. and he's like you know what we should leave
2: well I would hope so by this
1: point they know Sauron is evil and Sauron has been imprisoned on Numenor and is one of the reasons why Numenor is falling
2: why why is the island falling because a guy is there in the jail cell
1: Because he's got agents who are helping him destroy Numenor internally. So it's
2: never quite explained.
1: Exactly. Like they have characters who do like the worm tongue thing and he has, he has dark magic and the power of the ring, of course.
2: Okay. So do you think this is another thing we might see in the show?
1: I think so. I think when we saw the hand reaching for Theo, the little boy, who's not a canon character, I I think that that is meant to be Sauron. Yes. So he looks at his son, Isildur, and he's like, we should leave. And Isildur's like, we should leave. Hey, there's this magic tree here that fully has a name that we love, this white tree. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save this tree. And he takes this tree with him when they sailed the Middle Earth, and that becomes the white tree of Gondor. What's the name of the tree? I don't have it in my notes, but I know it has a name. Okay, that's fine. It starts with an M. I can Google it if you just go. Just keep going. So Numenor is important because it's the first great kingdom of men. It does fall right before the last alliance of men and elves, Elendil, Isildur, and the other son, they come over, they found the kingdom of Arnor, which is in the north, like kind of where Bree is, like kind of close to the hobbits. And then eventually Isildur goes to the south with his brother and they found the kingdom of Gondor. They are the first kings of Gondor. Him and his brother actually rule as co-kings for a little while. And I think that that's a really neat idea particularly when you consider that later on, like Boromir and Faramir are really important parts of the uh, Lord of the Rings.
2: According to the one Ricky to, to rule them all, there is no name. It's just called the white tree.
1: And no, it fully no white tree of Gondor. No, look up the magical tree in Numenor.
2: Uh, that's what I'm looking up. It's, okay. It does not have a, it doesn't have a name, Ashley.
1: And it has a name. Uh, okay. When they come over to Middle-earth, one of the first places that they go is this elven kingdom called Linden.
2: Is it Nimloth?
1: Yes. Thank you. Nimloth is the magical tree.
2: Okay. I'm glad we solved this very important mystery.
1: <laughs> You're the one who looked it up. I told you it had a name. It had a name. And a lot of the elves who are important to this time period are, are live in Linden or they're called Linden elves. Okay. So the Grey Havens, which we've seen in Lord of the Rings, are located in Linden, it's right on the sea. So when the Numenoreans sail over, that's where they wind up. And then because of its proximity to the mountains, they are able to forge a friendship with the dwarves. And when you get to Lord of the Rings, you think of there being a lot of animosity between the dwarves and the humans, Uh or the dwarves and the elves. And this is not the case during the Second Age. During the Second Age, Gilgalad, is the king of Linden, has a really good relationship. With Prince Durin Fourth, who is one of the leaders of Khazadub. He's the one who leads the efforts to delve too greedily and too deep. So he's the dwarf. He got is it. the dwarf, mm-hmm. yeah. If you've seen him in the pictures, he looks like he's got like a red hair. He looks very much like Gimli. Gimli's like not a direct so, descendant to him, but they are related. So do
2: you think like a version of everything you just said to me, like we're we're going to see in the show, like do you think yes. that this is going to be the dwarves digging too deep and we open up the Balrog and, and we're just going to sort of like reorder some of these events, even though they're slightly, even though these guys from Numenor happened later.
1: Yes, I do. I okay. think a lot of these things that happened in we're this 2000 year period were going to compress, which to be fair, the Lord of the Rings films did as well. Yeah. I'm bringing up Lyndon specifically because Linden is led by Gilgalad, who is one of the leaders of the show, one of the Elven ring bearers. Okay. And then there's another elven region called, I believe it is Eregion, but I've heard people say Eregion, it's E-R-E-G-I-O-N, I've never heard it spoken out loud before. The, this is where Celeborn and Galadriel rule, and because they have a friendship with Prince Durin IV, when Sauron comes to attack them, they flee through the mountain pass, like you see in Moria, and they eventually go and they found Lothlorien after the Second Age of Middle-Earth. All right. And I think that all of this is going to be really important to the show, which is why I wanted to bring it up. So, those are some important locations. Now, I want to talk about Harfoots. Okay. Do you know what Harfoot is?
2: It's a Hobbit, I think.
1: So... Yes and no. The The marketing around the Rings of Power is that Harfoot's are proto-Hobbits. They are and they aren't. So there's three like types of Hobbits, and they are basically using them as an excuse to have Hobbits that aren't Hobbits. All of the Harfoot characters are original characters. There's not a lot of Harfoot characters in any of the stories who are named or... um have anything else to do the other two breeds of hobbits if you will are called stewards and fallow hides i don't think we're going to see them but i don't believe we're not going to see them well it
2: would be hard to have i think a lord of the Rings show without a hobbit exactly it, which i so I, I understand why they're doing this
1: the Harfoots are particularly noted for being dark dark featured which in the time that tolkien was writing this means they probably looked like you and i Mm-hmm. pale skin and dark hair. They're doing some more interesting casting with that, which I really, really like. And Harfoot also specifically means one with hairy feet. So there you go. They are the most adventurous of the hobbits so, and also the smallest of the hobbits. They are direct ancestors of the Tooks, who are known to be some of the more adventurous breeds of hobbits that we have, more adventurous family. They are the first hobbits to ever enter the kingdom of Arnor. So they are up in like kind of the Shire area where we're used to thinking about them. Arnor is the kingdom that the guys from Numenor found. Mm -hmm. And the Harfoots are the first people who ever make contact with them, which I think is great. They are also direct descendants of all the hobbits that we know and love from the Lord of the Rings are all of Harfoot extraction, Frodo, Sam, Merry Pippin, Bilbo.
2: Do we ever in any of the other extra material find out whatever happened to the other two offshoots of the Hobbit peoples? They, the they peoples. settle
1: in the Shire. The Harfoots actually settle at Weathertop in Amun's Soul, where, where we see the Hobbits light that fire in Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. That's actually where the Harfoots settle a little further away. But eventually, all the halflings kind of come back together. They settle in the Shire because they're kind of removed from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they just become known as Hobbits. Hobbits is an extraction of the uh, old English word for rabbit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have quite a few characters who are Harfoots. Like I said, they are not canon characters. They don't have the last names of any canon characters. Sure. So I can't tell you that much more than that, except they're basically the most adventurous hobbits. I also want to go back and talk about Kazudum a little bit. So Kazudum, a.k.a. Moria, at this time, think of it like New York City, but for dwarves. So it is founded by... So it's a city.
2: It's a full-on city. It
1: is a complete city. Complete with suburbs. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, it is founded by King Durin the First. By the time we get to the events of the Rings of Power, his great great grandson, Prince Durin the Fourth, who eventually becomes King Durin, is in charge of it. What I think is really interesting about it is Durin the Fourth is known for forging alliances with other races. So, like I mentioned, he forges this alliance with the elves. He lets the elves pass through when they need help. And even though the big battle at the end of the f- of the series that's at the beginning of the fellowship of the ring is called the last alliance of men and elves Durin the fourth actually sends a bunch of dwarvish for, dwarvish forces to fight with them as well mm. so this is the closest thing to like community that you ever get in lord of the rings casadoom has multiple languages spoken there mm-hmm. it's known to be the heart of dwarven arts mm. it is where people think that the The Misty Mountains song is written canonically, and the people there are so in love with their leaders that they actually rename themselves Durin's Folk. Okay. And some examples in Lord of the Rings time of Durin's folks or direct descendants are Gimli, son of Gloin, and Keely and Feely are also direct descendants. They're like cousins, but they are direct descendants. Mm -hmm. Celebrimbor, the elf smith who I talked about is said to have often passed through khazad in order to make his passages easier. The reason, and I had wondered this for so long, remember when they try to go into the minds of Moria and they can't solve the riddle?
2: In the Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. And it's the Elvish word for friend
1: that yes. opens the door. You want to know the reason why it's an Elvish and not Dwarvish? Yeah, please. So Celebrimbor could come through and see them. So their elf allies could mm. pass through without having to knock on the door. Oh, cool because for ages and ages I remember being like but why?
2: Why is there an elf word on a on, on the a, dwarvish on a, on a dwarvish city? Yes, and yep. if you
1: also consider the fact that Celebrimbor is this great elf smith, yes, he has lived longer than Casadum has been settled, but they are also the first people who mine and use Mithril. He would have learned a lot of really useful techniques from that. There's Which t- it makes sense why he he's the ring builder then. Exactly. He, knews, he knew he knew he all this stuff. He knew it all along. And that's mm-hmm. why I think there's a shot in a lot of the trailers where they're holding up a piece of metal. The dwarf characters and they're in awe of it. I think that's them finding Mithril for the first time.
2: Oh, okay. So w- it, just for qualification, I, I know what Mithril is. Yes, in the movies the
1: strongest metal in middle earth it's impenetrable by a non-magical blade
2: do you know do the dwarves forge it or is it a a material they find
1: it's a okay so it is a material they find i'm using the word forge improperly okay okay Uh, but yes it's a material that they find and then they craft
2: i just didn't know whether it was something like copper or something like steel
1: no it's it's like copper okay sorry i'm not a maker it's all right (laughs) and then eventually because the dwarves, the gold sickness thing that the Hobbit movie introduces is not its not completely canon. It's not completely correct. But the dwarves, like dragons, are known to be greedy. That's kind of their mortal sin. Mm-hmm. And they do right, delve too greedily and too deep. And it is during the Second Age that we first see mentions of the Balrog. And that eventually we know that the minds of Moria and Gimli's kin is killed there. And then we see the return of the Balrog in the Fellowship of the Ring. Doom in particular is hated and it's a target for Sauron because they will um, they will give access to the dwarves. And then when Elrond and his allies build out their army, they also send reinforcement and they help to arm them. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big deal. Also, it's quite close in the geography of Middle-earth to Mordor where Enatar, mm. Sauron, makes his base. The last thing, one of the last things that I want to talk about not one of the last things, that's a lie, is the last alliance of men and elves. So we've talked a little bit about the last alliance of men and elves. That is the fight that we see at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. I want to talk about some important characters there. And I want to tell you exactly how all of this goes down. So Jason, I am going to tell you about the most important human beings in all of Middle Earth, the ones who killed Sauron and we have alluded to.
0: 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
2: Okay, so tell me about the supposed most important human beings in all of Middle Earth. And what tell me their relation to rings of power.
1: Yes, so Elendil and Isildur.
2: Because so now I feel like we're way past the show.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. Elendil is the king of Numenor. Numenor falls into the sea. He comes to Middle-earth. I know. With his adult son, I know. Sildur. So Alendil is the first king of Arnor. He is also known to be referred to as Elendil the Tall. hmm I bring this up for a number of reasons because we're going to get a little confusing again. So Elrond, he's an elf. yeah. He has a twin brother named Elros.
2: Yeah, that's a little confusing.
1: So they're actually half human and half elf. Uh-huh. And they get to choose. One of them has to be a human. One of them has to be an elf.
2: Because of magical reasons?
1: Because, yeah, exactly. Okay. Why? I don't know. Never explained. Sure. Elron's like, I'm going to be the elf. Elros is like, I'm going to be the human. But because Elros is of elven descent, his descendants like Elendil are particularly long-lived. It's why Aragorn during the events of Lord of the Rings is in his 80s and he still looks like hot Viggo Mortensen. So, Elendil it was
2: also in his 80s now.
1: Who <laughs> <laughs> will probably still look good in his 80s. Yep. Elendil lives about about 200 years. Okay. So, longer th- well, he would have lived 200 years if he wasn't murdered. Longer than a normal human. Spoilers. It happens at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. It's not a spoiler. He was known as Elendil the Fair and Elendil the Tall and Elendil the Faithful. He's kind of your last great king of humans until, at least the Gondorians, until comes along. He was said to be, how tall, okay, how tall do you think is tall? How tall do you think? If you're going to call someone Elendil the Tall, how tall do you think he is?
2: I mean, for my thing, you have to be at least six six or higher.
1: So he's seven eleven. Well, then he's tall. The he's too who, damn tall. the actor who plays him, is not it like is like tallish. But I, do
2: they call him the tall in the in the series? Is in his the character name, the tall.
1: No, same as King High King Alendo. I mean, how
2: tall is the guy in the, the series?
1: I think he's like six one six two. Like See, he's not not tall, look, but he's not seven and a half. This is one of those. He's not almost eight feet tall. Look, look not eight feet tall with his armor on.
2: Look, this is one of those things. Like everybody demanding that Wolverine be five it's not five, gonna happen. it's never going to happen. You're never going to cast the seven foot seven guy in this role. Seven foot eleven, whatever. The camera can't reach that high.
1: I just, <laughs> I just like that you want fact. that much of a tilt in a scene, and I and his his uh, his formal title is High King of the Dúnedain or High King of Arnor How and Gondor. Dare
2: you ask your camera operators to do that much of a tilt? They're already busy. Okay, pulling focus. Keeping that camera humming. Mm-hmm. They need to do a seven foot eleven tilt. I don't think so.
1: Also to, also to Lord of the Rings when we see the Fellowship stopping at the riverside and there's the two statues and they're holding their hands out. Yeah, who are those guys? Alendil and Isildur. These two guys. Oh, okay. So Alendil saved the human race from falling into the sea and drowning. Mm-hmm. Founds a kingdom. Sends two sons to found another kingdom of human beings. And then leads the last alliance of men and elves, leads the final fight against Sauron. Do you know which elf he leads it with? Elrond. That's a lie. Elrond is there. It's actually the, the elf who leads it is Gilgalad, who's not in the Lord of the Rings movies, but is in the Rings of Power show. Hiking Gilgalad. Okay, that's fine. And Elendil is killed by Sauron. So is Gilgalad. So is Celebrimbor. So is pretty much everybody else in this show killed by Sauron, but it is his blade, it is Narsil, that eventually cuts off the hand of Sauron. Asildur's. No,
2: no, the, the uh, his dad.
1: Yeah, because it, it's, it's, his, it's his ancestral sword. And Asildur, his son, is the one who does it. Asildur is super important because Asildur builds up everything that you need to know about Gondor. He brings Nimloth, the little baby tree, brings it over when his dad is like, you know what? I'm like really old. I don't super wanna go over to I don't want to go down and found Gondor. Him and his brother go, they found Gondor. He becomes the first king of Gondor. He plants the tree. It turns into the white tree of Gondor, which is the very popular image of Gondor specifically. And he also is responsible for the greatest fall in in all of Lord of the Rings history because he is a human being and he is weak, so he doesn't destroy the ring.
2: Fun fact, I just want to say that Nimloth actually is not the true white tree of Gondor. I've been doing a little bit of research here at the <laughs> TolkienGateway.net. And it says, officially, Nimloth was the white tree which grew in the king's Court in Numenor. It was cut down at the instigation of Sauron, and yeah. its wood was used to light the first flames in the fire of the new religion which worshipped Melkor. However, the night before, Asildur... Took a king, fruit. Took a fruit mm-hmm. and planted it in secret. That fruit... That grew into a seedling that Isildur yes. carried to Middle-earth. That seedling was planted in Minas Ithil um, before it was destroyed into the end of the Second Age, and that is the seedling that grew into the first white tree of Gondor. So... Nim- a,
1: a seed from Nimloth. Nimloth Jr. Wow.
2: Is the white tree of Gondor. Um, can I ask you a question here? Yes, of course. And I'm, I'm certain I'm going to say all the names wrong. It's fine. Celebrimbor. Yes. Is the guy who taught young, sexy Sauron. What's yes. his name? Anatar. Anatar. I keep want to say Atherin.
1: Anthrax, Anthrax,
2: <laughs> the band and the poison. He taught. What's his name? What's young, sexy Sauron's name again?
1: Anatar.
2: Anatar. He taught Anatar how to make all these young, sexy rings. Yeah. Right.
1: Yep. How did Calibrimbor die? Calibrimbor is tortured and brutally murdered by Anatar slash Sauron. Why? Because he's evil. Just cause. Kinda.
2: You know, this is one thing I'm excited about with this television show <laughs> is because I'm excited the television show is going to give deeper meanings and 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 more you, context to some of these scenes. You have to understand
1: <laughs> that one, in terms of fantasy, like this is an urtext.
2: I know, I understand. This is the
1: first story to do Anything on this scale? I
2: also, I also understand that a lot of these things that we are talking about in this episode, and I, and I, guess and I, I I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. don't, you know, I like Lord of the Rings stuff like that, but I understand a lot of these are like appendices and special, like these haven't been as fleshed out into a dramatic story.
1: Yes, and that is something they that, are just events. Speaking very positively, that is something that the uh, the show could do really well. The show could do really well. Uh, is Sildur, in addition to. Baby Nimloff also brought with him on his ship from Numenor uh, the Palanti, which is the plural of the Palantir, the seeing stones. But sure. he also brought with him the Stone of Eric, which is an important white stone, which uh, they built. It sounds
2: like a very white stone, the Stone of Eric.
1: E R E C K. Yes, the Stone
2: of Eric. Are... Along with the Rock of Todd.
1: <laughs> and the, That's me guessing at the pronunciation the again. The Necklace of Brian. There you go. <laughs> and him and his younger brother, Anarion. Like I said, are the ones who wind up founding the kingdom of Gondor. They rule as twin kings side by side, and eventually Asildor gets murdered by a bunch of orcs and loses the ring so
2: but that all happens in secret because nobody really knows that he has the ring
1: that's not really true,
2: but it's not public knowledge it's not it's not like w- widely known
1: <laughs> no from
2: but- the from the way the the movie makes it seem it's not it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a nose. Bulletin that goes out that the ring has been lost it's just like
1: well the orcs are yeah you're right so some people like Elrond knows some people know but even though he was this great he's this great warrior he's at this fight later on called the disaster of the Gladden Fields he is attacked by some orcs who just happened by but it, it it it's supposed to, I, the, the story of Elendil and Isildur is supposed to sort of illustrate the fall of man, right? Like it was these two men, this father and son, who like saved a kingdom, founded two new kingdoms, stood with their allies, saved the world, and then because of his tragic flaw, also of greed and the lust for power, the ring is lost for twenty five hundred years after that, and and evil is not sent out of this kingdom. Like they mm-hmm. could have, it could have all ended there at the end of the second age. It could have been. It could have been this thing, and as a result, High King Elendil of Arnor and Gondor isn't known for those things. He isn't known for saving this tree and bringing this beauty into Middle-earth. He's known for keeping the ring and getting stabbed in the back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of devastating. Sure. I think that that is truly like tragedy as it is written. So I want to ask you, Jason. Mm-hmm. I know I've thrown a lot at you mm-hmm. and I know I've thrown a lot at you with the familiarity that I have that not a lot of other people have and I've seen your eyes glass over. Mm-hmm. Are there any more questions I can answer for you? Oh
2: boy, I don't even know where to start. Well, I want to ask you, and this is going to be part of a discussion later, what are your predictions for Rings of Power? So, Based on what you know and based take- on what you've seen from the trailers. And again, at the time of this recording, we have not seen See anything. We We don't know anything about it but I'd love to hear like, what are some guesses you have?
1: So to take everything that I have talked about here uh-huh. and cram it into one prediction, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna start with a voiceover, as every trailer. Well, we don't have to get that to I, Lord of just, the Rings I is happening. in
2: general, but sure.
1: I think we're gonna see the second age of Middle-earth in a montage, and I think we're gonna see how beautiful and prosperous, and look at these humans and these elves, and we're living together, and it's great, and oh, look at Linden and Eregion and, and Casadum and like, look at how great, every, Arnor and Numenor, so great. I think we are gonna see, The forging of the rings. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see seeds of doubt planted by Galadriel and Elrond about like, Anatar is kind of suspicious. Because also, here's the thing about Anatar Anatar has been around since the first age of Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. Anatar was.
2: Is Celebrimbor. What was
1: his name? Celebrimbor.
2: Has he been around since the first age? Yes, he's quite old. Okay.
1: Um, But Anatar has been fully evil. Anatar is a name that he makes up in the second age. So that nobody knows that he studied under the other Dark Lords. What was his name before Anatar? Sauron is his actual name. Oh, but Anatar oh. is this like persona that he puts on to get close to the elves to learn how to overcome them. Oh, okay. 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 okay, so, okay so that changes everything <laughs> here. I wish he'd so, led with that. Dear God,
2: because like I was sitting here the entire time being like, <laughs> how do these people know the name of Sauron if he's not Sauron yet? And it's like, oh, if Sauron's his real name yeah, yeah, and he yeah. put on a fake identity, then I now know why they would say Sauron to me. See, that was the thing where I was like, they're <laughs> connecting this too much to the Lord of the Rings. See, it makes them smart. Actually, so like, so they don't, so they don't know the Anatar or Sauron.
1: They don't, man. But they, some people suspect it. I think
2: I'm going to be rooting for Sauron here, like Anatar. That's a smart plan because he worshipped this other guy. Because we've we've done other podcasts. Melkor. Yeah. He, Melkor was like, who's the original Dark Lord?
1: Well, Morgoth is the original original. Well, Dark yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yes, Melkor is the original Dark Lord of Middle Earth.
2: Okay, so one thing that was not clear at all uh-huh. is. Who do you think, so, so during Rings of Power, you think, are we going to be spending a lot of time with Isildur and his dad?
1: I think.
2: Who, I, are, the, who are the humans you think we're going to spend the most time with?
1: Oh, it, because it, there's these original characters who I think are going to get. In
2: well, the but besides the original characters from it the Tolkien materials. It has to be videos.
1: Isildur and Elendil and then Isildur's wife, who's played by Cynthia. Daryl, okay, and you think, think and
2: your prediction also was that you think we're going to see, I forgot the V-named island. Val- Valinor. No,
1: Numenor. I don't know. Just tell Numenor. me
2: the D- Numenor falls into the ocean. You think that's the season one finale?
1: I would do it as a season one finale. Also, we see a lot of them on ships, mm-hmm. which is not like they couldn't be on ships, but the biggest thing about them being on the ships is they go and found Arnor.
2: Do you foresee mm-hmm. most of the series taking place on Numenor?
1: Most of the series,
2: most of this season, the first the season. The
1: season. Yes.
2: Okay. Cause I don't see a lot of them going back and forth on ships.
1: I don't either. I don't either, which is also why I think we don't stay on Numenor, but also to get them to Middle-earth, to get to like the drama drama, it has to. Because also, even though it's called the Last Alliance of Men and Elves, because there was a previous attack against Sauron called the War of Elves and Men. So this is not even their first big foray against Sauron when they finally win. There's several armies that go and attack him in this interim time period.
2: hmm Okay,
1: so I think season one is the fall of the forging of the rings and the fall of Numenor. Yeah, I think season two is the first big battle against Sauron. I think season three is dealing with the aftermath of that. There's a couple character deaths that are pretty important in there. I think that's when Celebrimbor dies. I think season four is building up our forces and like darker, dark night of the soul. And then I think season five is, is get the, us to that battle. Is, is the, the last of we saw lines of men things. and elves. Exactly. So, there, yeah, there, and there
2: will be a lot of time jumps in there.
1: Yes. Also, Celebrimbor, the elf smith, has an unrequited love with Galadriel, who we know is the lead of the series, which I remain baffled by. Why? She, because Galadriel's job is to look pretty and be an elf queen.
2: Yeah, but that's not much for a character. Like, I mean, I understand. Yeah, so I
1: don't know why you would make her the POV character of the show. Because
2: female led series are hot right now.
1: Then you shouldn't be adapting Tolkien. I I I hope to be convinced on it. But it to me it is so antithetical to who Galadriel is. Galadriel's power is is love and light and music and all of these sort of elvish values. It's not running around fighting. Sea monsters. Well, this
2: is the thing where I would say this is an adaptation. Yes. And I understand how much you love this material. Yeah, yeah. But I would say like you, you know, this is, this is the idea of like, you know, you got to stretch some things. You got to change some things.
1: I just, if, if she was literally not named Galadriel, Nah. I wouldn't have an issue with they, it. My issue is her name is Galadriel. They
2: were always going to name her Galadriel because of the connection to Lord of the Rings.
1: Uh, I do hope that we get Celeborn. He hasn't been named. I do hope that we get him, but she does. So Celebrimbor is in love with her, but she marries Celeborn instead.
2: We, so we don't know that Celebrimbor is in this show? Do we do? No,
1: so Celebrimbor is the Elfsmith. Galadriel's okay. husband's name is Celeborn. I know it's confusing. Oh, I don't know if her husband is in the show. He's not one of the named cast members. I hope he is. Mm. Also because the age difference between the two actors playing Celebrimbor, the elf, Smith, and Galadriel is like 20 plus years.
2: Hmm. So they, they might cut that romance completely. They
1: might, or they might go for it. I'm also super nervous that because she is closer in age to Robert Aramayo as an actor, that they're going to do a Galadriel Elrond thing. And Glad Elrond marries Galadriel's daughter. Uh, Celebrian, mon- who is Arwen Elrond, ar- 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 Arwen, Eladon, and here's mom.
2: I'm going to put money on it. Th- that's exactly what they do.
1: I'm going to be so livid.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's about that's one more questions.
1: Okay, great. Are you excited for the show? I want to be excited for the show.
2: Okay. Uh, but but like you're going to watch it.
1: I am going to watch like, it. Like,
2: like, here's the thing, Ashley, let's just say this to yes. our listeners and, and listeners also, I apologize. Cause I certain there's a lot of like Lord of the Rings nerds. Again, I've read the books, but like, I don't, I've never read the similar one. I will never read it. And you know, like I don't remember all the names at the top of my head. And this is
1: also, this is a lot more complicated than house of the dragon. Um, I think intentionally.
2: So let me ask you this. Yeah. Are, are we going to watch the show midnight? night it drops.
1: I don't watch anything at midnight.
2: But I'm just saying, this is Lord of the Rings. This is your thing? Are we no, I'm the not pilot? watching
1: anything at midnight.
2: You heard it there, folks. Absolutely so, not. So if you want to get mad at a Lord of the Rings fan, get mad at Ashley.
1: I would. <laughs> I would watch
2: it at midnight. I'm just going to say.
1: Look, and I will say that there I is there is nothing wrong with going into something having doubts, especially if it's an adaptation of something that you love. But I am trying really hard to give it a fair shake, Look, and I am trying really hard to. Engage with it, and like I can have issues with like the Galadriel thing. I can have questions about why we have so many original characters when there's a hundred thousand Tolkien characters. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean anyone's trying to hurt me in particular, and it doesn't mean that it's the wrong choice. I hope that I come out of it loving and understanding every choice that they've made. Mm -hmm.
2: I will just say that I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I was concerned about the Captain Pike show. I was concerned about Stranger World because I was like, how do you do a prequel to Captain Pike yeah. and I enjoyed it. So I think that's a fair thing. All right, cool. Let's move on to the uh, recommended reading then.
1: Yeah. What's that?
2: That's where, if you go over to geekhistorylesson dot lesson.com slash recommended reading, Ashley's going to give you some books that you can check out. If you are confused about Valinor, Numenor and Keller as much as huh. I
1: book recommended reading is super, super simple. I have put up a collection of all of Tolkien's relevant Lord of the Rings middle earth related work that you can get your hands on i'm also going to recommend that you check out the original lord of the rings film trilogy because oh boy do i believe some of these actors are going to be making cameos And that's all that i got that's all that i got for you for your recommended reading
2: cool now we're going into the honor roll where listeners mm-hmm. if you go over to apple podcast and you leave us a five-star review we will read your review on the air who's joining the honor roll this week
1: so the first person joining is terrence underscore w who says the most accessible informative and fun comic book podcast available in a sea of comic book podcasts geek history lessons stands as the most fun and accessible one of them all jason and ashley both clearly love what they do have the time of their lives on this podcast and are able to articulate even things that they don't like with wit and emotional intelligence thank you highly recommended listening to this with your non-geeky friends and significant others as well as they will be enthralled by Jason and Ashley's contagious energy. Yay! There's
2: our applause. So apologies. A little delay.
1: And they are also joined by real Superman fan who said Jason made me do it. As the pandemic left me working from home in 2020, my dog became spoiled by numerous walks. During these walks, I started listening to podcasts. Geek History lesson popped up when I searched for comic book podcasts. The first episode I listened to was The Addams Family. Wow. I've been listening for the last 26 months and never felt the need to review. But by golly, as I listen to these two talk about the 40th anniversary of Conan movies, I have to speak up.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Thank you, Jason and Ashley, for catching me off guard and discussing one of my favorite films. You both do an excellent job and I've recommended your podcast to my Pulp Culture deficient co-workers oh, and friends.
2: wow. Thank you. I
1: like the approach and the comedy. It's like listening to two old friends talk to each other. And Ashley, with your voice and enunciation, you should be reading audiobooks. Uh-huh. Sincerely. Thank you both for your effort you put into this podcast. It shows.
2: Well, thank you, lovely people, for joining the honor roll this week. Welcome into the teacher's lounge. Inside there, Largo Brandyfoot has left us some amazing bubblegum pie. Don't ask me why they made a bubblegum
1: pie. Wow, Brandyfoot, could pull.
2: Largo Brandyfoot. I'm looking at the cast list right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a canon uh, character. Who cares? You know <laughs> <laughs> about Finrod Felagund and Sadak Barrows and Halibrand and Shagrat, and Kemen and Mirio Oren Hobbit? There's a character literally, there's a, there's a character, Bo Cassidy is credited as Hobbit. It's probably a background character. Yes. This person. Uh, Sadak
1: Brandyfoot, by the way, is not a canon character, but I really like that actor. What about really?
2: Eleanor Nori Brandyfoot?
1: Not a canon, none of the Harfoots are canon What about Deesa? Disa is not a canon character, but she is Princess Disa. She is, I believe, the wife of Prince Dua in the fourth because there's been lots of pictures of them holding hands. What about hands.
2: Poppy Fellow?
1: Not a canon character. That's another Harfoot. All
2: right. Well, there you go. Well, sorry. You're not going to see any of them in the teacher's <laughs> lounge, but they did leave bubblegum pie. So you're welcome. Gross. Thank you so much. If you want to leave a five-star review and hear your review on the podcast, just like these amazing people, you know, the people that are on their walks with their dogs, go to Apple Music again. Leave us five Purple podcast. You same thing. You can find it over there, too. <laughs> it's very searchable. Thank you so much. You know, as well. Don't forget to subscribe and download to our podcast all the places you can find it. Ashley, where can they find Geek History Lesson on social media?
1: You can find us at geekhistorylesson.com slash blog. Please check it out. We have new blogs each week. You can find us on facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson on instagram.com at lesson, and on Twitter at GHL podcast because Twitter has character restrictions.
2: Go find Ashley on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson. Find myself on Twitter and Instagram at Jawan, that's J-A-W-I-I-N. And now we are to hashtag stick around.
0: <laughs>
2: Look, that's the best sound effect I could pull because I am asking our Geek Hustle Lesson listeners right now, I want one of you to make us a sound effect for hashtag stick around that I can play on every episode. Until then, I'm going to play bad sound effects, but I want a short 30 seconds or less. Don't make it a full 30 seconds if you don't have to. Short sound effect to play when we get to hashtag stick around. The person that does that and emails it to geekhistorylesson at gmail.com will get sent a Superman mystery package. That's right. Three cool action figure slash toys of Superman-like ilk will be put into a package and sent to you. Now, of course... I will only send it to people in America in the United States because international postage is very expensive, but international listeners, if you want to send it a sound effect as well, I'm welcome to try it out and I'll send, I'll email you some digital comics
1: here right? or we'll email you a thank you video.
2: There you go. Something like that. But I need a hashtag sound stack around. I am so confused on names right now. I'm, I'm like sorry. lost in a sea I'm of sorry. Numenorean brandyfoots and fellow goons and proud fellows. What is our
1: <laughs> hashtag stick
2: around discussion for today?
1: Okay, Jason, you are the casting director on the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I bet you, we can figure out who
2: that is. Hold on a second. <laughs> casting director, Lord of the Rings, Power of the Rings.
1: The Rings of Power. This is
2: such a, I'm sorry. Look, I am excited for this show. That is a terrible title. Yeah, they
1: should have just called it the second age. That would be a good title. Thank
2: actually. you. Let's figure it out. I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. All right. I am the casting director. I will figure out who the real casting director is and I will pretend to be that
1: person. We have enough uh, dump trucks full of money for one cameo Woo! from the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit trilogies. Woo! Who are you giving it to?
2: Well, obviously, as as the series casting director who could be Kirsty McGregor, Theo Park, or Stu Turner. My first choice as this amalgamated... And I'm not saying
1: they have to reprise their role.
2: I get to bring one person, and they yep. don't have to play the same character. They can
1: play a different character if you want. Okay. Because otherwise, your only option is like Gandalf.
2: <laughs> well, my obvious answer is Gandalf. Yeah. I want it to be Gandalf. And Ashley, Lord of the Rings expert... Gandalf is walking around at this time, isn't he?
1: Yes, all of the Astari are here. I really hope we don't see Gandalf. I and really he hope...
2: looks like he would, right?
1: He always looks the same. He was—he's—he yep. never ages. He was—he's got a got a great line, which I believe is only in the extended version of the films, where he says, "I was—I was cursed with the aches and pains of this body."
2: Mm-hmm. It would be Gandalf, because I think anybody else—one—I think your audience is automatically going to be like, "Huh?"
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And two. I just think he's, when I think Lord of the Rings, I think Gandalf. Mm. He's the character. It's him and Frodo. And I know Frodo's not alive. Well, yeah. So, yeah, it's Gandalf. I would pay all the money in the world to get Ian McKellen on this thing. And to be honest with you, I am not convinced that he's not in it somewhere.
1: Same. I don't want it to be him. If we're going to see the Astari, I would rather see No, the red and the blue, the two. Who are not named, right? They are named. I just don't know them off the top of my head, but they ambiguous. So the only thing that you really read about them is that they go east. That's it. But they don't tell you where east they go. So there's no reason why they could not also be hanging around they couldn't have been there during the second. And like Paladin or something it's, like that. I
2: think it's Paladar. I, I, lo- I just lost the, the page refreshed on me. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. It's
2: um, and Paladar. There you go. Yes.
1: Oh, Palando. Yeah.
2: Pal- am I saying that wrong? Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
1: I would like to see them. That'd be fun. Because to me, it's adding something to the universe. Can I? Uh, but yeah. There absolutely could be wizards.
2: Because you said they're orange and blue? Blue and red. Blue and red. All right. So I want to ask you this question then you're gonna, I'm going to I'm going to follow up the same question you gave me. Okay? Okay. Okay, so let's say it's the orange and blue wizard. Red and blue. Red and blue. Red and blue. My mind no is mush. Orange. <laughs> My mind is mush. <laughs> N- Newmidoror? What planet are we on now?
1: <laughs> Arda, Al- it's <laughs> Arda. It's a planet. Arda, it's a planet.
2: Um Okay, you're the casting director. You're sure. one of the three amalgamated. I want to be um, Stew. Okay, you are Stu Turner. Great. Well, great, Stu Turner. By the way, let's see what else. Let's see what else Stu Turner has worked on. Let's, I'm certain he's a talented fellow. Stu Turner. Oh wow, he worked on Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh so he, wow. He, so
1: also, oh, I picked the Kiwi casting director
2: and Cowboy Bebop and Sweet Tooth. Yeah, Ash versus the Evil Dead, Ju- Jojo Rabbit. He's a talented fellow.
1: Wow, I picked a good one. You did pick you. Oh, well, hello, okay, so Stu. I'm Stu. Uh,
2: all right, Stu. Who do you cast as the Red? Mm. And the blue wizard that will give you the same type of feeling that if an audience looks at it of, I forget the, I forget the, the eighth doctor and Ian McKellen, Sylvester McCoy, Sylvester McCoy. Thank you. Who, who would you cast in this series as those two? Because that, that I, if I'm the executive, I'm like, I want somebody that gives me that feel.
1: Jared Harris.
2: And I would love one of them to be a lady. A lady. Yes, let's make a lady. Let's I don't care if that's not the truth of canon. So give me who is the okay. Jared Harris lady cuz I want one of these wizards to be a lady.
1: Jared Harris.
2: That's a great choice.
1: And uh, Shoriag Dashlu
2: whoa <laughs> all right accept it <laughs> accept it and also they they're on sci-fi TV shows so I know we can afford them yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> great choices <laughs> Thank yes you. I know they're not classically ladies but I'm sorry like in this I was I-
1: definitely going to try and cast a person of color because I will I mm. will give it to Stu and the rest of the casting. they've done a really great job at bringing diversity into mm-hmm. a ethnocentric
2: done uh, world. okay so now the follow up question to you you get you get to cast one person from the original trilogy who is it
1: yeah so Gandalf is the obvious choice yeah or Radagast, please take the bit of his hair. like You did him so dirty with that. Which is why I balk at that, of mm-hmm. course. Obviously, Christopher Lee's dead, so I think, out of respect, we don't bring Saruman back.
2: I agree. I would say don't see Saruman.
1: So, to me, the fun thing to do is to bring back Sean Bean and what? to make him a king of Numenor.
2: Interesting. So to make him like a distant ancestor of Boromir,
1: yeah, because I mean Boromir and Aragorn are also very distantly related.
2: Interesting.
1: That's what I would do.
2: You'd almost get double the bean because the the double je- the bean. Well, the gentleman who's playing Elrond in this was young Sean. Bean oh, that's yeah, here. So you're, yeah. you're almost getting double bean here. <laughs> that's
1: cute, but see, but then that's fun because then you whack them together in an interview. Or you pair them for the press it's tour. It's double Lord of the
2: Rings, double Game yeah, of Thrones.
1: Yeah, like you really feed the fandom.
2: Oh, interesting. I figured you were going to say Hugo Weaving.
1: I do love Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't be Elrond, you know?
2: Well, you could do a flash forward.
1: Yeah, but also Robert R. Meyer looks nothing like him. That's
2: fair. I mean, lots of other casting things have... have have The, the young person, the old person has looked nothing like him.
1: I know. Him. I really love... The older I get, too, the more I appreciate what Hugo Weaving brings to Elrond. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm super attached to that version, so... I like Robert Aramayo though, and he's proved that he can handle like fantasy stuff yeah. and stuff with like a lot of mythology. So I really hope he, really hope he's good. So
2: to finish this off, yep. Yeah. How excited? What, all time. How excited are you to see Amond Weaver as imprisoned farmer, uncredited in one episode of Lord of the Rings? You know, I think Power of the Rings,
1: uh, Rings of Power. I, don't I think can't. he's really going <laughs> to knock it out of the park.
2: I think. Let's see what Amond is. He is.
1: cute? Does he have a nice headshot?
2: I think he's an okay. He's a black and white headshot. Actually, no. He has a pretty good headshot. Uh, Amond Weaver, right here. Oh yeah, he, he's cute. He was very dramatic. Thirty Days of Night. Oh, he's a stuntie. He was in Mulan. He's a stunt unit. Director. Oh, great!
1: Then he probably gets his butt kicked. So yeah. that's probably why
2: he's a prisoner. He that's right He worked on Mortal Engines. Oh, good for you, Amon Weaver. He was just the bottom name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I picked him. Yes. Works on Mortal Engines. He's probably a uh, he's probably an um, Australian New Zealand actor. I think he's
2: super talented. That's which makes I sense.
1: Talking. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's it.
2: That's it, Ashley. Yep. So you're excited for the show.
1: I am trying to be excited for this show.
2: Are we going to stay up? We're going to stay up for midnight, right? No.
1: Yes. No. Why not? We're very old. We're going to stay up for midnight. No. Come on. It's your thing. Let's do it. Make a promise to the listeners. no. Let's do it. Ashley, what? Okay, what? let's no. watch it. Stop.
2: Let's watch it at Shut midnight. Let's do second. it. Shut
1: up. What day of the week is September 2nd? Because it was a work day, I'm absolutely not staying up till midnight. It's going
2: to be a Thursday. I to
1: guarantee. watch a show. I guarantee you. That I might be mad at the next day.
2: September 2nd. <laughs> Here's the stupid thing I did. I just Googled <laughs> September 2nd. <laughs> Draft. and google was just like september 2nd is the 245th day of the year in the gregorian calendar 120 days remain until the end of the year do you
1: know that arda the planet arda i
2: don't want to know runs
1: on the gregorian arda. calendar
2: i don't i know they have halloween and christmas or something like that don't they
1: no but gandalf does specifically say a day in philish it's october
2: september 2nd is a friday so it will premiere on a thursday, thursday night but i will say I can't this do it, jason amazon amazon with the last couple releases, oh yeah, have dropped things earlier. Have dropped things at like seven or eight Pacific time. Okay. So, so how about we, how about we fire up the old Amazon machine and see if Lord of the Rings is on there? If I, it's on there before ten p.m. Pacific Standard <laughs> Time, will you agree to watch?
1: it? I will tell you the answer in the extra. <laughs>
2: That's why Ashley is a marketing genius, everybody. <laughs> All right. Come on over to slash John, if you want to listen to that extra. Thank you so much for listening. Geek history lesson. This has been an amazing podcast. I and Jason, the Gregorian calendar, I Googled it. Inman. Oh,
1: boy. I'm Master Victoria
2: Ross. And Professor Ashley, on whatever Varda Arda planet we're on, please dismiss this podcast.
1: Class is dismissed.